Hey guys, how's it going? This is Kay here. Uh, I'm co-founder of Mind Valley, and, and I'm joining in with the App Guy podcast, and I'm super excited about it. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. Uh, this is Paul Kemp. So I always say that we love to go around the world. Now, one of the challenges about going around the world is that uh, the world is comprised of many different languages. And I was introduced to a fascinating, fresh entrepreneur uh, online, thanks to uh, my good friend, Dennis Tan, who uh, has been on the show before with Dashmote. And he, uh, you can actually go and look at the past episode with uh, Dennis Tan. He introduced me to our guest today. Uh, our guest is, is actually doing some really inspiring things, bringing the world together, making global uh, feel local by helping uh, all of us uh, communicate uh, globally using uh, various local languages. And, and he's got this device that we're going to talk about and his journey with launching it. Let me introduce uh, Lennart van der Zyl. He is the CEO and co-founder of Travis the Translator. And you can find out more at travistranslator.com. Uh, and he's here to talk about his journey, uh, go global, speak local. Uh, and, and I'm glad he's come back on the show because last time we w tried to record this, he was uh, backstage in a conference in China doing a, a speech and we had some problems with the internet. So uh, we, we're, we're back on this and I'm glad to have you back on the show. Lennart, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Yeah, it's great to, 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 to be here again. Uh, and I must say, it's, it's quite handy speaking just in English. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Yeah, we could, could try different different languages, and uh, we can do that. We can do that as well. But um, I want to share as much as possible with listeners about m my journey, the things I've learned, and uh, the things, the the the, the plans, the upcoming things um, for Travis the translator. Yeah. So uh, I tell you what. Before we start talking about that, let's just pick up on China. You do a lot of traveling. Then uh, you're you're recording this in Holland. But have you come back from any um, interesting trips ab abroad? Yeah, two days ago, I came back from uh, Russia. Uh, honestly, it was also a bit of a vacation, but I, of course, uh, couldn't resist myself to do some, some business here and there because it's such a fascinating country with a lot of opportunities, um, large country, interesting people. So I was invited um, to do a talk there at a startup event. And uh, I was specifically asked not to talk about Travis Translator, uh, not pitching my, my company and what we're doing, but talking about um, how community building and uh, social impact can be a great foundation for, for a startup. So that was great to do. And I spoke with a lot of Russians. Um, I tested my, my device um, qu quite often, and that was great because some Russians speak good English, young Russians, but also quite a lot, uh, not, that, not that well. So that was really an inspiring and gave me a lot of energy to, to, to keep going. Yeah, you do travel all around the world then. I mean, uh, the Russia sounds amazing. So let's go back to the inception of the idea. Uh, you've clearly had this idea at some point and uh, you've translated that to, uh, pardon the pun, but translated it to uh, like a device and, and uh, you've managed to run a successful Indiegogo. Take, take us back to that first early inception of the idea that you came up with. Yeah, it really comes from... Um personal personal uh, experiences with not speaking a language and how painful that can be, uh, literally. Um, so when I'm in a country where I don't speak the language, like China, 
I literally just feel less comfortable because I know I, I cannot express myself. And if someone asks me something, I, I just cannot answer. So there is, I feel literally a wall between me and others. Uh, and it's not what I'm having when I'm, for instance, in the States, then I feel much more at ease. Uh, so it's, it's for me and for my co-founders, literally something we, we encountered a lot during, uh, business trips, uh, vacations, feeling excluded. Um, yeah, not being able to to use our, our social skills um, to talk to people, uh, understand cultures, understand uh, business partners, where they're coming from, uh, their personal uh, life, which is quite important when you do business. You also want to establish personal relation with, with uh, someone. So this is something that has been, yeah, quite an issue for us and, and over, the, over the past years. And about a year ago, everything kind of came together because me and my co-founders said to each other, okay, let's do something with, with uh, this. And one of my co-founders has 20, 20 years of uh, experience with um, developing hardware. And then we thought, okay, why don't we put all this translation technology in a hardware device and let's design then that hardware device in a way that it supports uh, the software as good as possible. Uh, well, I've already learned a, a number of things, which I think are good themes for the show. Uh, one is that you've drawn on personal experiences to uh, dictate what you know your journey is going to be. And uh, I feel like everyone listening could draw off their own personal experiences. Uh, and you've focused on a particular problem that needs to be solved from those personal yeah, experiences. Yeah, in our eyes, it's a, it's a worldwide problem. We call it the the, the world's communication problem. So there are 9,000 languages. There are 7 billion people and, and most of them only speak one or sometimes two languages. And in this globalizing world, that's, that is a big issue. You can bump into anyone uh, on the corner of a street and then you, you have this language barrier. So, so let's talk about, I guess, the elephant in the room, which is you've come up with this idea, but already there's something called Google Translate. And I remember using that uh, to communicate uh, with the local people in uh, Bali, Indonesia, uh, when I broke down, and, and it worked uh, well. Um, you know, what, what, how did you feel like when you started getting into this, uh, talking about the problem that there's such a a, mon a monstrosity called Google who are already tackling this? Uh, did did that put you off, or did you feel like you could do a better job? Yeah, the latter. Um, so we found out that there is a multitude of uh, of apps. Um, some being used quite often, so uh, as Google Translate, but also some great apps, uh, local apps in, in Russia, in China, in Korea, and in some other countries that are actually doing a better job um, than Google in some language combinations, especially with those local languages. And they are not working together. So all these apps are um, kind of competing with, with each other. There's no, there's not a single solution. So that was one of the first uh, things we, we thought what, that was necessary. Try to integrate different technologies because it's a worldwide uh, problem. Uh, why shouldn't we work together and, and learn from each other and don't be too much boxed? Um, that, was, that was the first uh, thing we found out when we were looking into this, uh, this, this, whole, uh, this whole technology, where it was. And the second thing is that we, um, we personally believe that we don't want to use a phone and an app to talk to someone face to face. So it's also, um, 
yeah, it's something that that we feel very, very strongly um, that a phone should be something that you use when you call someone, when you send someone someone a WhatsApp, but to really engage in a create a very natural conversation. And we know that um, more than half of the of the communication is is created um, by uh, gestures um, and non-verbal non communication. Yeah, we that's that's the mo when we when we realized that we told each other okay we should find we should make a device design a device that is as non-intrusive as possible that you can just put on the table and uh, you can still totally immerse yourself in the conversation and uh, with uh, someone look someone in the eye use your hands and in, in order to to do that we we needed a very strong uh, microphone um, stronger speaker and offline capabilities are extremely important. Yeah, and actually now thinking about it, my, thinking about my experience that I had with uh, Google Translate, you're, you're right that all those things were a big problem. Uh, first of all, encouraging the recipient to talk his local dialect into the uh, um, the phone, uh, not hearing the answer, and then uh, more often than not, the answer became quite. Uh, uh, garbled and and distorted and and strange. Some of the answers were quite strange, and and um, so yeah. I guess um, what what you know, Leonard. What has inspired me is that, um, and many people listening can can actually draw from this. I think, which is uh, that you've tackled the problem that on the surface could have had the perception of already been been solved uh, with such a you know a big player like Google, but. It's, you've had the confidence to go in and, and do it better. And so anyone who comes up with an idea and dismisses it because, oh, no, that's already being done because, you know, Apple there or there or Google or whatever, it, you know, they, they can actually just to go ahead and, and, and work on the idea, knowing that there's still going to be a market for potentially their particular solution, which will be maybe better. Yeah, that's, I think, also um, a mindset. So people um send me quite often uh links of of competitors um then tell me leonard are you not afraid this is uh, happening in australia or this is happening in japan and then i'm then i tell them okay the, this market is so extremely big there there are 1.2 billion international travelers and that number is in, is in grow is growing rapidly especially with uh, india and, Ch and china uh, developing so the market is extremely uh, big and uh, we also want to learn and work together with our uh, competitors because we share the same uh, mission and we want to solve the same, the same problem. The market is big, big enough and there are so many different languages and so we can only work together. Um, there's enough and there's enough to, there's enough for everyone. Yeah. So, so that's also now the Appsa tribe uh, always uh, love to learn from uh, experiences of the entrepreneurs that we have on the show. And uh, clearly, like if someone has an idea, like you've had this idea, there's a few things you could do. One is that you can invest your own money in, in your team and start working on it. Um, but the second option is to raise funding. Now, you, you raised funding but rather than going, you know, the traditional route of speaking to investors and stuff, I'm guessing that you went straight to Indiegogo. And uh, talk us through, like, um, how you actually decided on Indiegogo and, and uh, how, how you ended up running a successful campaign. 
Yeah, in, in our eyes, um, customers are always better than, than funding. I mean, uh, equity funding. Because customers show you the product is really needed and can give you the best feedback possible. Because they actually invest their, their money in your, in your product. And many, yeah, if you do it, do it right, many customers do. So that's the, the best foundation for, for, for your company. Uh, especially when those customers appear to be recurring customers. Um, so that was a, that, that was, um, that was a decision of this decision that we, that we made that we didn't want to go with an idea to, to, to investors and just hold up our hand, but we wanted to go, go to market as soon as possible and validate our idea and, uh, the solution we, we had in mind. So Indiegogo is, is a great platform for that. Kickstarter is another one, but it, it's, it's of course hard because when you don't have any investors, you, you, you're, you're relying on your own savings and, and to, in order to, 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 to do a very, to do a successful campaign on Indiegogo or Kickstarter, you, you need some, yeah, some funds to, because it's, it's, it's a very big marketing campaign and that was quite, quite difficult. Um, the, the start, we needed to be very creative with a, a very limited amount of money. But after we started, um, we really started beginning of January. So it's only eight or nine months ago. And then we only had two months, uh, for ourselves. We, we gave ourselves two months to prepare the, the Indiegogo campaign with almost no money, but we've uh, managed to find a, a great team of uh, freelancers. Everybody was, was willing to, to, to have uh, a re revenue share of the, of the Indiegogos. Everybody was fully incentivized, uh, for, for a successful campaign. And in two months, we, we, we managed to get 1500, get us, get ourselves published in 1500 international media. And we got the right, uh, pre-campaign audience. So a little bit more than 5,000 people to, to launch. Because when you launch an Indiegogo or Kickstarter, you want to make, you want to directly make a, make a hit and, and hit your funding goal real, real quick. Uh, right. This is fascinating. I'd love to dig deeper into this because this actually has a lot of similar ramifications for app launches in that you need a pre-audience ready to download and give you some good reviews when you hit the app store, which is the most optimal time to have a successful uh, app. Uh, and you've done that with Indiegogo, but you've done that with a limited number of funds. Yeah, indeed. It was uh, really hard. So I think the way we, we did it and what I always can recommend everyone is um, be very specific about um, your, your metrics, the, the, the targets you have. So we, we knew exactly how large our pre-campaign audience needed to be because it's simply doing the, the math. Uh, you, you, you can more or less know if you have, um, if you have, uh, uh, an email database of, uh, 10,000 people, normally one fifth, one tenth, 10%, 20% of them of actually an engaged email audience, they will, they will pledge and they will become a backer on Indiegogo Kickstarter. So then, yeah, you, you can just very clearly set your goals and then you have to, to work towards it. And we tried, we, we, we knew our metric, what we needed to have, uh, 
before we could launch. And then we just played out uh, a few, a few strategies and we went all out on every strategy because you never know which one works or not. And in the, in the end, our press strategy was the one that saved us. So we, we focused on, uh, Facebook growth, um, Facebook ads a bit because we didn't have that many, that much, um, uh, funds to really invest in it. We did it, I think quite ef efficiently, but in the end, um, uh, yeah, going for, for press that, that, that was for us a lifesaver. Right. And uh, yeah, how did you do that? Because like getting press is like incredibly hard. The, you know, journalists get 300 odd emails a day. Uh, how did you get into all these 5,000 odd, um, you know, places and, and get the press that you needed? I'm becoming now quite specific, but I think it's, it's great for the listeners to, to be able to understand this, uh, how we did it. Um, we used one of the biggest um, um, tech conferences, conferences in the world to to announce, to show ourselves and to uh, get in contact with the press. So the end of every, every year, the end of February, there is the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. It's uh, the, the biggest mobile Congress in, in the world. 130,000 people come there, uh, thousands and thousands of, of media all, from all over the world. And we said to each other, okay, we need to have a presence there. Although we just existed for two two months, we yeah we were able to uh, get a lot of support from the Dutch government. So we we used our, our we used our network very well to to be able to to get a booth there at a very very big discount because normally it's it's it's, um, it's yeah way too expensive. So at the moment we we got ourselves a, bo a booth there, we tried to get the press list, and we got the press list of the whole event. And that's media coming from all over the world. Uh, I think 10,000 10, journalists. And we managed to get all their, their email addresses. Um, so what we did was, um, yeah, we, 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 made it, we made it quite uh, scarce. We said, um, what I mean by that is that we said, okay, we have um, limited time slots available for a journalist to come to our booth to have a little, uh, to have a little demo, to um, to have a personal personal encounter with the with the founders. Uh, they are disclosing their their plans about the universal translator, and we I think we tickled the minds of a lot of uh, journalists because a, f a few days before the before the conference, the yeah the emails become streaming in, and we had over sixty uh, interviews in four days' time at our booth from media with media from all over the world that was amazing uh camera crews the whole time yeah pointing the cameras on us uh <laughs> yeah being interviewed and i think that was that was a great breakthrough for 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 us um and in the end we just we only announced our plans and that we were going to make the universal translator um but it just spoke to the imagination and think of a lot of people that we had this bold, this bold plan. And that was the moment. Yeah. After, after mobile world Congress, we, the, the publications become, yeah, it started to, 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 to come in and the traffic to our website exploded, uh, signups went uh, through the roof. It, 
took us a few weeks because we needed to talk to all the journalists after after the interviews and answer some additional questions and sometimes uh, chase them a bit in to ask them, okay, are you are you already publishing? And but once that once that um, was happening, we knew, okay, we are ready for for uh, Indiegogo launch. You know, uh, in all the episodes I've recorded, 533 for this uh, episode, that's the first strategy I've heard of that uh, is just using a conference and getting the press list from the conference. It's so inspiring that you've done that. Um, now, the big other challenge that the Appster tribe have listening to this is that we can often get spikes in uh, interest because you know, you get the PR, then the PR seems to then evaporate and it's keeping momentum going. Uh, any advice on your journey that, that has helped uh, in terms of keeping that momentum going? Yeah, it's always uh, important to have a, uh, to have a planning of, of several uh, events. So uh, new, newsworthy uh, things, uh, new partnerships, um, other events that you show up, um, awards that you that you win or that you compete in, that you compete in. Um, so we had lined up several uh, several things during the Indiegogo campaign, but also afterwards. And every few weeks we we wrote a press release, and I think some some press, some media, perhaps got annoyed a bit uh, by us at one point. But yeah, we we managed to get published. On several topics over over the over the past few few months, so you need to um, yeah you need to to have yeah, several news news newsworthy items. That's that's when I talk about um, press, and I think when you uh, press just for us is uh, uh, press means just uh, new new viewers, new followers to our website to our social media. Because if someone reads about Travis in, in the newspaper and they've never heard of it, we just hope that they Google us or they just go to us on Facebook and that they drop their email address or like us because then they're, then they are in our, in our network. And then we can start, then we can start engaging with them, uh, sharing content and giving them, giving them uh, value. The, the hardest thing is, I guess, uh, bringing in, bringing in new people and what a lot of people do nowadays is using Facebook ads for it, so paid advertising. And we we are starting with that uh, only now on a bigger scale. We we have focused quite a lot on free uh, free free publicity until now. Well, I, I love you. Thank you so much for sharing all this uh, wonderful uh, information on uh, you know attracting a, a launch and uh, getting press. So that that's um, in the last few minutes we have. Then I guess it'll be your interesting to talk about the uh, hardware that you've done and where where you're at uh, with uh, producing the translator and um, like uh, what sort of plans I guess are for timelines you've got going forward. Yeah, we are about to to ship. I think a lot of backers are really anxious and uh, to to receive it. Um, because initially we always said uh, the estimated delivery month is uh, July, and now we are of course almost in September. But I think what we did quite quite well was communicating with with our backers, so um, uh, yeah, giving them an update every week. 
uh, on where we where, where we stand and being very honest about it. Um, and I think for a crowdfunding project, it's not irregular to be a few months to be a few months too late. Although, yeah, we 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 of course have love to to ship earlier, but the, the reality is that we were we were perhaps a bit a little bit too ambitious with our shipping uh, shipping date uh, because we had a campaign in March and April, and then we said we can we can deliver the product in July and. Yeah, not to speak negatively about other products, but we are not just the we're not the next um, um, backpack. It's it's a new uh, revolutionary uh, experimental product. That's the, and we don't have only a, we don't only have a hardware uh, a challenge, but also a software challenge, and we need to put it together. So we are a few yeah a few weeks uh, later than expected, but I'm still really proud that we are almost uh, shipping and. I'm very, yeah, it's going to be very interesting uh, how the backers will like our product and how they will use it. So, um, yeah, that's going to be very exciting. I think we can already make a lot of lives uh, better because when people are traveling to Japan or to Russia or to China and they, they cannot speak with people at all and now they can just, they can have basic conversations. I think that 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 is that is not only nicer and improves your vacation, but it also gives you more uh, comfort, uh, and it can help you in situations where you where you're um, when you suddenly need to go to to an hospital or when you uh, when your purse is, is is stolen and you need to go to the police. In those situations, I think it can be yeah, can be really 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 valuable. So. Yeah, well, that's what I love about technology because technology is so science fiction. And, you know, when I was growing up, uh, I uh, distinctly remember something called Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is probably before your time. But uh, they, they used to put this uh, universal translator in their ear and then just instantly understand, um, you know, everything. And uh, here we are now talking about a universal translator that you can carry around with you and that can help you bridge the gap between different cultures, different languages. It, it, um, and I've certainly needed something like this. So that's where we are going to that the, we're talking about it. Our aim is to, to uh, accelerate the technology. So this is, um, for instance, in, in, I think, um, things are going faster than everybody, uh, uh thinks, um, we, we ourselves were quite astonished by, by a lot of apps. We, uh, we, yeah, we tested and then we thought, okay, we need to put it together and we need to um, put it in a piece of hardware that, that gets the best out of, out of the, out of the software. For us, for us an innovation is always a combination of hardware and software. And we will improve on, uh, upon that the coming months and years. Uh, what we included in, in our devices is that we have over the air updates so we can constantly update the, 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 the yeah, the software. And we will also include uh, improvements um, like auto detection of languages, um, uh, voice commands, so you don't have to touch the device anymore. You can just give commands to the device and say, okay, uh, English to Spanish instead of English to Portuguese. And then it changes to that combination. And you don't have to lose eye contact um, with your conversational conversation partner. So that kind of things we will include over, over the, coming, the coming months. 
Um, we did our best to 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 give our backers the best hardware hardware possible. But of course, as um, as you see with every every company, every one or two years, you will see a hardware, yeah, newer edition. That will also be be our be our plan. So, so Lena, let's um, finish off by just giving us a prediction of where you think this is going. You know, how many years will it be until, literally, you could go anywhere in the world and c- communicate on any level with anybody in any language? What, what sort? Of, yeah, what sort of predictions do you have on the future? Yeah, I think um, in 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 about two years, I think we can have quite uh, deep and 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 deep conversations already with. Uh, with people so i mean f- yeah using um right now uh to give you an example you need to be quite um quite direct so you shouldn't say i'm should we grab a beer but should we have a beer uh, and if you uh if you say in english it's raining cats and dogs i wouldn't say it like that because then it's going to be it, in, in most of the times it will be translating it directly to other languages so I think in two years, those uh, things will be more included. Um, figurative, figurative speech and that kind of, that kind of stuff, sayings. I think it will take another, f- um, five years from now when, when there will be, when it will be really possible to have, um, uh, negotiations, uh, on, on the highest level, uh, in, in international organizations like the UN, the EU. I think it will take a, a, a bit longer to, to be uh, to be as flawless as 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 is needed for those those uh, yeah official uh, official uh, talks. Okay, okay, Lennart, give us a prediction of when uh, this technology will overtake human translators, the, the experts in in the field of translation. I don't think it will really overtake overtake them. I think they will still have an important role. Um, because even if you have a very good translation device uh, and you you are in China, you still don't really know how to behave and where to go. So those those people will always be, uh, yeah, the, your liaison uh, liaisons in in those countries. But they will they will um, I think right now they are um, they are really su- they are they are they're really supporting the technology. So a lot of human translators are already giving a lot of feedback. So that's I think for the coming two. Two three years, uh, where it will be about, they are going to help the technology to improve, um, and of course, some will stick to to their profession. And at one point, they they realize they're they're perhaps too late. So I think they they should also change their yeah their their uh, their their job in a certain way. Make, should make changes. So I I think in about three to four years, yeah, they will be they will be less. Uh, Less needed, of course. In in official uh, situations, like I said, in the UN and the EU, they will be needed in the coming coming years. But interpreters, human translators, are quite expensive, and you can't have them with you all the time. So, when you have when you are on a business trip, you can have them in your in your business meetings. But when you're having a drink afterwards, you don't always have have them with you. So yeah, give them yeah. In a few years, I think. I think they should really change their their uh, yeah how they do their job. But right now, I'm just very happy that they are there because they speak so many languages. They are fluent in many languages, so they can they can help us, and that's also what they are doing already. Right. 
Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to the day where I can just publish something uh, and it uh, get uh, automatically transcribed and, and turned into many different languages, um, you know, without any cost. That would be pretty awesome. Um, Lennart, it's been a wonderful chat with you. Uh, how best can people connect with you? What, what is the, the best way of getting in touch? I always I welcome people to add me on LinkedIn, uh, Lennart Fenderzeel. Fender so that's when they, they, they want to connect with me and, and want to ask me additional questions that we can just do it, do it right there. Um, if people want to find out more about Travis's trans, translator, yeah, I think it's logical. They can, they can Google us, they can add us on Facebook. Uh, we recently started with um, um, sharing a lot more videos also about the team, about, about the founders our vision, uh, reasons, the reasons why we do things. I think that's also uh, yeah, re really worth it to, to, to follow. So personally, I would say, yeah, uh, add, me on, add me on LinkedIn. And for Travis, um, yeah, follow, our, follow our channels on developments and because uh, there are quite some interesting things uh, coming, up, coming, up, coming up. Also on the social impact side, it's not something we have we've spoken about that much this, this time, but. Yeah, we are working together with a few charity organizations, uh, refugee organizations to, to actually uh, provide devices for them, translation devices. Wonderful. Travis, uh, I almost called you Travis, yeah. uh, Leonard. <laughs> I suppose it's not called Leonard the translator, but uh, uh, Leonard, thank you so much for coming on the App Guy podcast and, uh, and talking about Travis the translator and, and sharing your journey. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Paul, for having me.